0: Welcome to Right Medicine, where we explore best practices in creating continuing education content for health professionals. I'm Alex Hausen, and I'm on a mission to share expert insights and field perspectives on topics like adult learning, content creation techniques, effective formats, and trends in healthcare that influence the type of continuing education content that we create. Right Medicine is the premier podcast for CME CPD professionals like you, wherever you are in the content creation process. Join us.
1: My problem solving skills on the fly have never been better than after I finished nursing school and after I provided direct patient care because. When you're in that lived experience and you're providing care with people who need help and a bunch of people need your help all at the same time, like it's very, like it takes a lot of creative energy and it takes a lot of innovation and it takes a lot of like, creativity.
0: If you're on LinkedIn and you're a nurse, a nurse who's a health or medical writer, or a nurse who's exploring how to become a writer, I think you're going to love today's First Friday episode. From nursing scrubs to the keyboard, Claire Bono's story of how she shifted out of a full time nursing role into a thriving freelance health and medical content writer is nothing short of motivational. She graduated from nursing school in 2019. And leapt into freelance health writing during the pandemic, and her journey is proof that it's never too late or too early to follow your passions. Join us to explore the challenges and triumphs of transitioning careers during uncertain times, how the problem solving and creative aspects of nursing can lead to success in writing, and the importance of community and learning from your mistakes in the freelance world. In today's episode, You'll laugh and learn from Claire's early writing experiences, discover the liberating feeling of defining your professional identity, and gain encouragement for your freelance journey, no matter where you are in the process. Listen to the full episode to hear how Claire is shaping her own unique niche in the freelance health writing community. Oh, and she drops some serious gems about navigating platforms like Upwork and LinkedIn. Join us welcome claire
1: hi thank you so much
0: it's good to see you and i love all your pictures and your lights in the background
1: oh thank you yeah it's a nice background for video calls
0: it certainly is and i know that because we've been working together a little bit over the last few months on uh, the right medicine newsletter.
1: Yeah, I've loved doing that with you. It's been so fun.
0: Yeah, it's been a lot of fun for me to Claire as part of right medicine's delightfully tiny team, as uh, Jenny Blake calls small teams. So let's uh, start by just sharing a little bit about who you are and what you do.
1: Yeah, so I'm Claire. Hello. I graduated nursing school in 2019, and I specialized in operating room nursing. Uh, but since then, I have transitioned into content medical writing. I did that kind of a roundabout route. I started in the OR, got my certification there. And after doing that for about a year, I transitioned into private dental surgery nursing at a clinic. I did that for a year, but that was also the pandemic year, which kind of shook everything up. So, when we were all stuck at home, I kind of started exploring freelance writing on the side because I had way more time than I ever had before. And as a result, that kind of took off. And starting in 2021, I really went all the way in on freelancing and I was doing that for all the full year of 2021. And then in 2022, I started working at a Canadian marketing agency full time. So, I do that full time as my writing job. And then on the side, I still do freelancing with my clients. So, that's kind of my very condensed story from nurse to now.
0: Yeah, that's your freelance medical content. Yeah. Well, how did you describe it, actually? Because you used a term that I haven't heard before. And why did you use that?
1: Yeah, I try, like, medical content writing or marketing Mm -hmm. is kind of more, because I don't do regulatory. I don't do, like, uh, any sort of research-based stuff. It's much more patient-facing. It's much more, like, yeah, like, consumer facing as well because I've done some work with like marketing like medical brands but yeah it's not like some medical writing is much more like technical mine's much more like marketing and soft focused if that makes sense
0: but it's informed yes, and it's course. lively and uh, that was one of the <laughs> things that kind of drew me to you actually on LinkedIn and so, oh. so if you're a medical writer and you're listening to today's episode and you're not already using LinkedIn then I fully recommend that you get on it now because it'll connect you with people that you can work with yes. and who'll recommend your services and who can help you in your business, just as Claire totally. helps me in mind. Exactly. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about, so why writing? I mean, you know, obviously the 2020, 2021, a lot of people were looking around for, you know, different types of work, work that they could do from, Home for for all the obvious reasons in relation to the pandemic. Why writing?
1: I think like writing's always been something I've enjoyed doing. When I was in nursing school, my favorite assignments were like the papers, which no one agrees with me when I say that. But it's true. Like I always really liked that part of it. And I really enjoy the creative kind of side of it that kind of ties in with the medical. Because I think for me at least, it was very common, especially in the early stages of my nursing career and in school to think that I wasn't a very creative person because like, oh, I'm in nursing like it's science it's it's caring for people I don't you know like I have friends who do creative stuff but that's not what I do and I think once I started actually being a nurse and working I was like and I enjoyed writing I was like wait a minute like <laughs> nursing is very creative and it was such a good avenue for me to get to like blend the both that that's kind of how I stumbled into starting with writing.
0: And I'm glad you raised that because I think, you know, having trained as a nurse myself, I think that that's definitely something that a lot of people who find themselves in nursing or who, you know, are drawn to nursing might also think that, you know, it's this either or mindset. I am a nurse, therefore I am, you know, I'm drawn to science, I'm drawn to caring, I'm drawing to technology, I guess these days. I'm drawn to, you know, 101 different things, but that doesn't necessarily mean that I'm a a creative person. But in fact, and I think we were talking about this before we hit record, in order to work effectively as a nurse, you do have to be creative because you're holding lots of threads together and juggling lots of plates all at the same time. So how has that helped you build your business?
1: I think it has just helped me understand like, like the art of writing and the art of nursing are more closely connected. And just understanding like we were talking about before my problem solving skills on the fly have never been better than after I finished nursing school and after I provided direct patient care because when you're in that lived experience and you're providing care with people who need help and a bunch of people need your help all at the same time like it's very like it takes a lot of creative energy and it takes a lot of innovation and it takes a lot of like creativity I suppose to like go from, okay, I have this laundry list of tasks I need to do. How am I going to do it? How am I going to be compassionate while I do it? And then that kind of has transitioned into my writing as well as like, okay, when I'm faced with, oh, I have this many deadlines, or I have to approach this topic that maybe is a bit more dry or a bit more difficult to write about, like, how can I approach it in like a different way that's still going to get me to the end goal. So it's been a helpful, like a niche training that like, Mm -hmm. you have to have done it to kind of have known it. But it's been really helpful for me in business.
0: And let's talk about that problem solving component, because I'm guessing that the transition from clinical care to writing hasn't necessarily been straightforward. Can you talk no. a little bit about maybe some of the obstacles that you faced and how you've problem solved?
1: Yeah, I think a big one for me, especially when I was starting, because I I started on Upwork, which I don't know if everyone knows what that platform is. It's just kind of good like job board where you have a profile you say what you do and people post things being like hey i need a writer to write blogs about something and then you apply so i started off very isolated like i didn't yeah. have a community i didn't know that there were other medical writers so i was like oh like if i had a problem like someone was asking me like oh can you do an seo optimized blog i was like i don't know what seo is because like no one has ever told me i went to school to be a nurse so there was a lot of like initial like oh gosh, I don't know the answer. And I think from being a nurse so many times being in a position where it's like, I don't know the clearest path to how I'm going to get this done. I have so many things to do, or I'm not sure like what the best way forward is, but I still got to the end anyway. Mm. I think having gone through that enough times during my experience in clinical care, like has helped me navigate a lot of the road bumps that come with starting your own business and transitioning your career. So invaluable skill.
0: And what do some of those road bumps look like? And we're going to come back Ooh. to Upwork. <laughs>
1: <laughs> come back to Upwork. I think well at the very beginning it was a lot of self-doubt of like can I even do this? Do I know how to do this? And I had a lot of fear starting that like because I didn't go to school for marketing or writing or journalism or even business. That, like, therefore, I wasn't going to be good enough or shouldn't be able to start in writing. And that took a long time for me to, like, come to terms with. And as well, just, like, Roblox was just like, how do you send an invoice? What How mm-hmm. do you format these things? Like, is there a protocol that, like, everyone se- should know but I don't know for because I didn't train in that. Is It was something that you kind of learn by doing, which sounds scary because it is, but... Mm-hmm. It was something that, yeah. As I've gotten be- like along with it, I've gotten better.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I'm a huge proponent of learning by doing. I I kind of wholeheartedly believe that when when you're building a business, especially, you you have to do stuff to figure out for yourself what works and what doesn't work. And some of that won't work. It it yes. will feel like failure, and it is failure. Yes, but that's okay.
1: Yes, I have done so many embarrassing things <laughs> in this business in the past three years that like. I had to do them, though, because if I hadn't, I I didn't have any peers I didn't know. And like I needed to try to learn. And thankfully, I worked with very nice people who were like, it's okay." You're like, oh, thank you.
0: (laughs) Can you share any of those embarrassing moments? Oh
1: Gosh, one of the (laughs) most embarrassing ones. Very early on, I I now I like a standard written practice for mine that every single time I'm writing content for a doctor or a professional, I copy how they spell and write their name directly from their text into articles. But I wrote an entire article for a doctor and I spelled his name wrong. (laughs) And and from his perspective, which like upon reflection, like he he was lovely and it wasn't that embarrassing. But like it was, I think, one of the first two clients I ever had. And he was so nice about it, but I was mortified. I was like, Mm -hmm. I literally just landed someone who's willing to pay me money for my services. And then I gave him back something. And it's not even like, I I so like disrespectful to spell his name wrong. I was so embarrassed. And he was, he was lovely. He was like, just for next time it's spelled this way. And I'm like, oh my God. And we continued to work together after, but there's just things like that. where we're like, okay, I'm going to be extra careful with details like that. Cause I want to be professional and I want to be presenting my best work.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that you know, we all make those kinds of little mistakes for for sure, but it's it's a lesson in just how important the small details, the seemingly small details yeah. are in the kind of writing that yeah. that we do, whether you're you're copywriting or marketing writing or writing you know in the CME world as as I do. So that's <laughs> I think we can all relate to that, Claire, and thank you for, for sharing that.
1: Yeah, feel no worries.
0: You talked about Isolation. And again, I think this is something that a lot of writers who kind of move into the freelance world feel at the beginning of the process. And actually, I mean, I've been doing this for almost 20 years. There are definitely lots of different periods in, you know, the ups and downs of running a freelance writing business where you feel a little bit isolated. So, what do you do to combat the isolation?
1: I mean, it's been the past six months has been like night and day for me because when I started, I had no peers. I didn't reach out to anyone. I didn't even know that other people were really doing it besides seeing job posting on Upwork. And in the past six months, I started engaging with my LinkedIn for the first time before like literally six months ago. My only connection was my partner. I didn't even go on the website. And now I've been trying to use it more like strategically, I guess, but also like empathetically and compassionate and with intrigue. Because I've met so many people and they're so nice. Like, I, when I very first started using LinkedIn, I set up a Calendly link. And if I found anyone who was like, I'm a medical writer, I would just DM them and be like, hey, like, do you want to chat just to catch up? And I want to hear your experience. I think within the first three months, I talked to 25 people and that has just changed like every way that I approach things. Like, I have better insight into what this career path is like. I have peers that I can ask questions to. I've actually made like two really good life friends that like they have my personal phone number and we text each other every day about our freelancing questions. And I, the past like six months has just fully transformed the way that I think about my business and how I think about working as an individual creator versus, yeah, like I don't have to be isolated, even though I work by myself.
0: It's been really interesting watching your LinkedIn growth from from afar, because it looks to me as though, you know, you have a successful LinkedIn account. You've grown your followers.
1: I have, yeah.
0: And you also kind of, so I'm just describing to you what I see. So I want to hear whether, you know, what your perspective is, but, you know, I see you working hard to shift those followers onto your email newsletter. And yes. this is something that not a lot of freelance medical and health writers do, is actually build their own newsletter. So I definitely want to to talk about that. And it also seems to me that you kind of embody the maxim, if you want to learn, teach. Because I see you creating content, and I'm on your newsletter list, that you've obviously had to research in order to create the content. And so that is the epitome of, okay, I'm gonna teach this to somebody else so that I can I can learn this. So, you know, how, how do you experience all of that?
1: Gosh, that one, That thank you. That's so nice of you to say. <laughs> it's been, yeah, it's been a very interesting journey. Like ever since I've been defining myself more as a writer now than I've, a nurse, like I feel like the first two mm. years, I was like, oh, I'm a nurse who became a writer. And now I'm like, I'm a writer because I've actually been a writer longer than I was a clinical nurse. It's been a bit of a shift now that, yeah, now I feel like I'm taking a lot more pride and a lot more interest in like wanting to share what it's like to be a writer. And with that has come the creation of my newsletter, which I really love writing. It's my favorite thing that I get to write every week because it's more of like a, it's not like writing about like, oh, what's. The best SEO keywords to search for this like I want it to be much more like connecting and empathetic and bringing like this community together and also like talking about interesting topics of how it is hard to get started or what you can do to try and like it's it's been amazing <laughs> I really enjoy doing it
0: do you have a goal for your newsletter because I want to dig into Ooh. to that a little bit so Laurie DeMilto who is a, a medical writer who supports medical writers with marketing advice. Oh. And she's been on the the, the podcast. She is very, or you know, emphasizes strongly the power of LinkedIn and also suggests that, you know, developing a newsletter is a good thing for freelance medical writers to do as a way to kind of keep in touch with your clients. But you're using your newsletter to build community yeah. among people who don't necessarily necessarily or won't necessarily become clients so can you talk about that a little bit
1: yeah I think I'm kind of at this crossroads in that way of like i still haven't fully identified like what the like end goal of the newsletter is if that makes sense like I had I didn't create it with the vision of like and this is gonna be how I'm gonna land all these clients or this is gonna be how I pivot to a course like I haven't fully flushed out the end goal but what I really wanted and something that like has been so lovely in like, response to it that people have given me is that it's been a helpful resource for people trying to learn. I've gotten so many lovely replies from people being like, oh, like this advice, like it changed the way that I thought about using this platform or, oh, I used this one girl from LinkedIn. She's so lovely. She's like, I used your pitching platform and I actually landed my first Upwork client in a week. And I was like blown away. I was so... Like it made me feel so warm and fuzzy. So I think for now, at least my goal is just to keep creating content that like I would have wanted when I was starting and whether or not that turns into something down the line, I'm not sure. But for now, it's been like a really nice passion project for me.
0: And I think it's really important to thanks for giving that description. I think it's really important for listeners who are kind of early career, you know, freelance medical or health writers to hear that. You know you're you just do stuff you decide to explore something, you try it out, your newsletter letter will lightly change into something else, and that's absolutely okay. The important thing is to get out there and do it and just give it a try and test it out. you know explore it, experiment. there's really nothing to lose, yeah, by putting yourself out there, and also you are clearly contributing to other people's growth and transformation, so that's really that is always a good reason for trying something out you never know who you're going to touch with the work that you're that yeah. you're creating no
1: exactly it's it's been really nice and like yeah that is kind of an interesting thing i've never gotten too hung up on like optimization of stuff like one of my uh, girlfriends was like oh like do you send your newsletter on wednesdays instead of thursdays because <laughs> of and i'm like that I, i've never even thought about it i just picked wednesday because it was the day that i wrote the first one that i did And I was like, Like, I'll just do this weekly. Like I've, I'm much more kind of in the train of thought of like, okay, let's try it. Let's do it. And then if I'm liking it and enjoying it, I can deal with optimizing it for perfect, whatever down the line, but let's just get it out of the door now.
0: Yeah, no, that's, uh, that's good advice too, actually, I think. And, and incidentally, my newsletter goes out on a Wednesday too. So, (laughs) and I was born on a Wednesday. So there you go. (laughs) Perfect. This episode of Write Medicine is brought to you by Write CME Pro, a professional development membership that provides skills and scaffolding for medical writers who want to create CME content with confidence. Write CME Pro gives you access to expert perspectives to help you build your CME writing skills, a portfolio accelerator to hold space so that you can create stunning samples to show your prospects, group coaching to help you build foundational and expert knowledge in CME and much, much more. Write CME Pro is a professional development membership for people like you who are ready to launch and grow a specialized CME medical writing niche. See the link in the show notes for more information about how to enroll. let's talk about Upwork because Upwork can be a little bit divisive. Yes. There are medical writing coaches out there who, for instance, will say that you must never go on Upwork because you're going to get low paying gigs. You're Mm going to get clients who want to exploit you. You're not going to get quality projects. That has clearly not been the case for you. So can you talk to us a little bit about your experience and what do you think makes it effective for you?
1: So, yes, I I did not know how divisive Upwork was until I, st- until I started talking about it on LinkedIn and I got some flavorful DMs from some very well-meaning people, I'm sure. But, yeah, it was. it's just the platform I used when I got started. My partner was using it before me for his uh, animation and graphics work. And he was like, I like it because it's like a job platform. I don't have to go cold seeking people to like pitch my services to. It's people who are actively looking to hire someone. So why don't you try it out? I was like, sure. And I do fully agree that there's a lot of stuff on the website that is low paying or kind of like spammy, especially now in the day of AI. There's a lot of stuff I'm seeing for like very low rates, very like quick turnaround AI kind of stuff, which is if you're building a freelance career probably not what you want to be doing. But for me, every single one of my good clients has come from Upwork. And like some of my retainer clients, clients I've been working with for two or two plus years, who I have like personal relationships have all come from the platform. And I think a big proponent of that for me has just been, well, at the beginning, it let me take the business like scary side of writing away from me because I didn't have to think about pitching i didn't have to have a content strategy i didn't have to like know how to send my invoice all that stuff was dealt with for me which i loved and second of all it taught me like really aggressively how to pitch and market myself because i was sending pitches because you, you apply to jobs on upwork i was sending these applications to open and receptive ears so i didn't always get a response but more likely than like sending a cold email into the void I was getting more responses back and that really helped me like cut my teeth in knowing like okay like how do I say how, what I do and how do I market myself specifically and that has been like super valuable.
0: Do you have and I, I agree actually I Upwork wasn't around when I first started out but I used Elance which
1: I I think, think Elance became. was I think Upwork Elance became work, I think.
0: There was also, yeah, I think that's true. And there's also guru.com, which Mm. became something else as well, one of the current platforms. And I agree, it was you know, I'm a public sector gal through and through. I I taught in the higher education sector in the UK and and I was a nurse in the NHS, so I had no business background whatsoever. And one of the things that that platform, uh, guru.com and elance provided was exactly as you describe, it's the opportunity to, to think about invoicing and and marketing and negotiation and pricing and and also to learn to trust your gut. Yes. So that when you do get those kind of low offers coming through, you begin to get more sensitive to how that feels in your body. Yeah. And I think that's a good indication of, okay, so this is not going to work for me no. And then you start to develop a framework or a rubric for your pricing and yes. what your baseline is and what your boundaries are and, and all those kinds of things. Yes. So my own experience has been that they, they were definitely helpful in the early days. But that uh, that leads me to my next question, which is, do you see a time when you won't be on Upwork? And what would a transition strategy look like?
1: <laughs> That's a good question that I've been mulling around. It's been interesting because don't tell Upwork I said this because they don't like it when you're like transitioning off the platform. But like I recently am I'm still in negotiations with and landing a, a pretty significant retainer client that came to me from Upwork. I had I did not send an application to them. They found my profile, liked what I did, messaged me. We did a trial project. It went well. And now we're transitioning into an off Upwork retainer. And With that in mind, like I I still do use the platform. I have two clients that I use that pay me through the platform. Other ones have migrated off. So probably not for the foreseeable future, just because one, like it's it's like free PR. It's like my beautiful profile that I have on Upwork says I'm top rated plus. It says the money that I've earned. It says all of my five star reviews. It's like the greatest dynamic resume. I could ever have. And it's public facing. So if someone searches my name, it's one of the first thing that come up. So I'm not in a rush to leave the platform. But that being said, I have like talked to some freelancing mentors who are like, Oh, yeah, back when I used to use that. But now I've transitioned off because my business has grown, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, I kind of do feel that pressure of like, Oh, should I migrate off the platform? Because like, I'm becoming more stable as a writer? Or like, should I hold on to it? So jury's still out. I don't know yet.
0: It's an interesting thing to explore, I, I, I think, because it's not an all or nothing thing. You can, I don't know if you do quarterly planning. One of the things that we do in, in Right CME Pro is, you know, 90 day planning. So at the beginning of every quarter, kind of, you know, spend 60 minutes, 90 minutes together, just kind of trying to kind of map out what the next 90 days look like and what some of your goals might be. in. Really being granular in what the steps are to, to reach those goals. And I can see how in a 90 day segment, if you're on Upwork, you could start to plan. Okay. Maybe I'm going to try and get one project that is exclusively via LinkedIn or Mm -hmm. via my newsletter or whatever other marketing vehicles you're, you're using to, to build your business. It doesn't have to be an all or nothing thing. Yeah. And as a client, I've used Upwork. Mm -hmm to hire talent to help grow the podcast and help, you know, develop, you know, my website and, and that kind of thing. So it's, it's a very helpful, it can be a very helpful platform in, in, in lots of ways. I can see that.
1: Yeah. I, I, I like it even though not a lot of people do.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's interesting. Where do you think that negativity comes from?
1: Well, I think it's like a combination of like one, I think people, once they're no longer in like the super beginner stage of their career, they feel like they need to like move on past it. Like it kind of feels like the training wheels to your career and you're like, oh, I mm-hmm. should, now that I'm bigger and and better and you know, whatever, <laughs> I should be able to self-market. I should be able to promote myself. I should be able to get my own incoming leads, yada, yada, yada. And then second of all, which is a bit more like of a spicy take, I suppose, is that uh, like a lot of people don't like it because I think they, I don't know, like think that, they're better than it in some way, I guess. I'm not sure. I don't want to talk for other people, but like, I definitely have heard people been like, "Oh, I would, I would never use that. Like, I don't you need it." And I don't know. I just don't. I for me, I'm more of a like, I'm going to take the opportunities as I can, and this platform mm-hmm. has helped me, so I'm not going to close a door on an opportunity if if it's working for me. So,
0: and I think that's the key, Claire. If if you find something that works for you, and aligns with your goals and your values and values and so on then if it's working there's no need to change it
1: yeah exactly
0: and the the freelance kind of labor market you know has changed radically over the last 3 or or 4 years and of mm-hmm. course uh, the, you know the gig economy has been growing for for a long time pandemic has accelerated that and the future of work looks very different now than it did, you know, five, five years ago. So I say if you if you find a system that works for you and helps you build your business, that's all that matters. And yeah, that might change in the future, but you know, if it's working now, there's no need to do that. And you know, just as we kind of get to the end of our conversation, I wanted to kind of circle back to to nursing, because I think one of the things that I hear from a lot of nurses you know, as I'm listening into public conversations on LinkedIn, uh, which is the only social media platform I'm on, mm-hmm. I sometimes get the impression and I feel this myself. And I think we've talked about this before. That sometimes when, if you're somebody who's trained as a nurse, even though you're highly skilled, mm-hmm. you can feel a little bit inadequate in some ways or trapped by yes. the label of nursing, because even though as a profession, it has advanced, you know, enormously over the last few decades, there is still, there's still a legacy of something yeah. <laughs> to yeah. nursing. What's your experience of that been as you've moved out of nursing into a new field? And you said it yourself, you're seeing yourself as a writer now yeah. rather than, than a nurse.
1: It's been a very interesting transition for me, especially in the last Well, coming up in the next like 10 days, my RN is officially gone. It's not gone. I still earned it. It's just I'm transitioning from like an active license to a non-practicing license, Mm -hmm. meaning that I still technically own it. If I want to pay Karna lots of money, I can re-get it back. Mm -hmm. But like I no longer can claim that I'm an RN anymore. And yeah, it's been a transition for sure. I think One of the biggest, like, hard-hitting things is I've been talking to my girlfriends who still work in the OR, ER, ICU, and I tell them, like, oh, I'm I'm writing full-time now. Like, I actually, I don't do any clinical care at all. And the predominant thing I hear back from them is, wow, like, you got out. And that's so Mm -hmm. sad to hear, but, like, yet, like, I feel that so viscerally as well because I kind of do feel like I got out and like I'm very proud of myself of what I've been able to achieve, but I definitely do feel like a like a guilt factor that like I have this training and healthcare is so important and there's definitely like a martyrdom association with nursing that leaving the clinical aspect of it and transitioning in this way has definitely been more emotionally taxing than I thought it would be.
0: And it also presumably tells us something about, and, you know, if I'm speaking out of turn here, let me know the way that society treats nurses. Yes. You know, we saw that during the pandemic, but, you know, the way society treats nurses has, has been, you know, pretty poor for a lot longer than before, you know, 2020. And so maybe that gives a little bit of an explanation to to why you get that response from your friends of you, you got out. Yeah,
1: you got out, which is devastating to hear like healthcare mm-hmm. workers are so important and they're so vital and nursing training, especially like to get your RN is so hard. It was like a very hard four years of schooling and preceptorship and like so much volunteer hours just to know that like so many of my friends love what we do because like to be a nurse you have to love that what you do in some way you won't make it otherwise
0: 100 percent.
1: but they are not but they still have that thing like you got out like you escaped is also it's, it's very disheartening to hear
0: it is disheartening to hear but the flip side of that is that you've managed to build a successful thriving freelance medical <laughs> content writing business and that is heartening for other people who are kind of watching your journey to see. So as we kind of wrap up here, three, you know, kind of rapid fire, three pieces of advice that you would give to anyone in clinical care who is thinking about moving out and writing freelance.
1: Okay. I think first thing is trust yourself. I know that sounds kind of like vague, but
0: and in I the early that. stages
1: of starting something new, it's super easy to be like, oh, I should listen to every single piece of advice and I need to do this because someone said that do what feels right for you, trust in what you want to do and try it. Second of all is don't be afraid to just start. I think that's been a big component of how I've been able to start so aggressively and quickly is that like, I just was like, I'm gonna start a newsletter and I just did. Or I'm gonna try LinkedIn for six months and I just did. And I think you learn the most when you're doing things actively and on the fly. It might not be perfect, you might bail on it, but that's okay. And my third piece of advice is that Nurses are creative and smart and capable, and just because you went to school for something that feels niche and feels very like insular that you have to be providing direct patient care doesn't mean that you have to, and there are a lot of opportunities outside of clinical care for nurses to use their skills and actually charge higher rates and be experts in their field, because what we learn in school is very, very important.
0: Nursing can take you anywhere.
1: It can. <laughs>
0: Where can people find you, Claire?
1: Predominantly on LinkedIn. That's kind of where I hang out. Uh, my name is Claire Bonneau, if you want to search me there. I have an Instagram account that I'm slowly working through. I'm still new to it. So it, it's quite small if you want to check me out there. And I have a website that runs like a blog and my newsletter is is there as well. If you want to join, I predominantly talk about what it's like to start as a nurse into freelancing, my top tips, advice, stories about things I did in the past that I've learned from, things like that, so.
0: Excellent, and we'll make sure to include all those links in the show notes so that people can connect with you. Claire Bono, nurse, writer, and trier-outer, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and insights with listeners of Right Medicine. Yes,
1: thank you so much. I had so much fun.
0: Me too. Here's what I learned from Claire. When you're standing at the edge, preparing to dive into new waters, trust in your ability to swim. The skills you've honed in one career can be your lifeline in another. Start, engage, learn, and never underestimate your capacity for reinvention. My takeaways? Number one, embrace your core skills. Claire's story is a testament to the creative and problem-solving skills she honed in nursing that paved the way for success in an entirely new field. You can do that too. Number two, community is key. Are you feeling isolated? Then networks like LinkedIn and other platforms can be a lifeline for freelancers. Forge genuine connections and build your network. Number three, Find joy in experimentation. Whether it's writing a newsletter or pitching to clients, enjoy the process. Learn from your mistakes and let your passion, not perfection, drive your work. And just like nursing and writing intersect in Claire's world, Write Medicine aims to connect you with stories and strategies that resonate with your personal and professional aspirations. Every episode is a stepping stone toward your next breakthrough. Visit our podcast page on www.writemedicine.com and that's w-r-i-t-e dot where you'll find this and every episode. And you could also find us on all major podcast platforms. Just search for Right Medicine. Until next time, keep writing your own medicine and go gently.